Hey y'all, the episode you're about to listen to is just a snippet of a larger interview. If you'd like to listen to the full interview, you can find it in our Patreon. The link is provided below, or you can go online at www.patreon.com forward slash keep100 underscore pod. Thank you for listening. Cue music. Welcome back to another episode of Keep 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. I'm Dakota. And I'm Chorsey. And congrats on joining us for our very first interview episode with one of my good friends, Jonathan Rojas. Give it up for him. Woo woo! You. Thank you so much for joining us, man. I'm really excited for these new, this new route we're going, getting special guests on the show. And you're our very first special guest. How does it feel? I feel honored. Um, I I think it's great. Like I I remember when when you were talking about like starting this up and the fact that you like like have kept it going and putting out like more content. I'm 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 glad that that, that y'all have me here, man. Thank y'all. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it. I mean, you're gonna get like millions, if not billions, of streams on this. So I hope I hope you're ready for all the <laughs> press that's coming your way. Now you make the most popular art teacher in the world. Oof, I love that. All the girls want to slide in your DMs. Best believe. Yeah. Do not. That's going right to his head. Do not tell him that. <laughs> he knows me. I was like, that was the worst. He could. He's like, oh, word? <laughs> fighting for more time on this show. God damn it. <laughs> I went straight to the ego. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, but how are you, man? It's been a while since we've like talked. Because I think it was back for gab's birthday right yeah yeah wow um man I've, I've been good just working um it's a like like this is my first year like teaching in the building like fully like teaching oh yeah so it's really interesting to to be around all these nasty kids because <laughs> they do not want to wear their masks oh. <laughs> do not follow guidelines at all but they're kids that. like that's yeah. what they're supposed to do so it's interesting, man. It's definitely interesting. And that's pretty much like been taking up all my time. Oh, yeah. I believe that's what's like so happy when like I reached out to you. Like, yeah, anytime after this, I was like, hey, yo, thank God. Because I was expecting like, oh, well, this day in like two weeks, maybe we'll figure it out. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate it. And yeah, I remember being in the building back when we, what, we reopened in March, just those few months. Yeah. Like. That was the nice thing of that experience because then I went to like COVID PA for that movie and the adults on that show wore their masks like just as often as these little fucking seventh graders. So it was perfect practice. I was like, oh, I, I can yell at a middle schooler. I can yell at a grown man who should know better. <laughs> um, like it was a perfect like, like, like step up. <laughs> exactly. You know, it was like make sure they stood on the right markers, stayed six feet, wore their mask. It was a seamless transition from working in middle school to work on a movie, surprisingly. That's disappointing, unfortunately. I don't <laughs> So you're saying we we don't get better as adults. We're actually oh, worse. Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely oh, not. No. Oh no. All right. Chorsey, no. how have you been, man? You know, I'm doing all right. We got um a lot of shit trying to get together. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, it's just I'm. I guess we could talk about it because it'll be released by the time this episode goes up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, trying to get this charity event together, man, it's been taking up the majority of my time, and I'm super, super excited to do this. Like, I can't believe we finally have a platform that we can do what we want to do and also give back to the communities that kind of help mold and shape us. So I, I'm, I'm already just emotional about yeah. the fact that we've been doing it and being able to talk with some of the people from the organization that we're raising funds for. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see you in person. I can't wait Dude, to yeah. figure out. Cause a lot of the excitement for the event is like, I've never done this before. How the fuck do you do this? Cause this is my first time mm-hmm. ever doing an event like this. And I just want to put all my effort into it and see what can come of it. 
that's the only way you can kind of learn and grow with this. Yeah, I am. I'm so excited. I'm that game is going to be long as hell. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rojas, I realize you're pretty much in a production meeting right now. Like you're getting so much behind the scenes content, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm eating this shit up. I love it. <laughs> make you sign an NDA. Don't put shit anywhere. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, sweet. Um, let's jump into it. So. I got some questions for you, Ross, as our first illustrious guest. Um, tell us a little about yourself so the audience can get to know you. All right. Well, uh, my name is Jonathan Rojas. Um, I'm born and raised in Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, I've been drawing since I was five years old. Um, and that actually led me going to, art high sc- uh, to an art school for high school, as well as studying art in uh, college. Um, and I ended up being an art teacher um, at a school where I was able to meet Sir Drown. Um, I'm really into hip hop, anime, but like my, but like, like my cream of the crop is, is the phrase, right? Like the cream of the crop or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. the best, yeah. Like, but like, what's the best, what's godly to me is this guy right here. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I was, I was so. What did worried. you think he was about to pull? I thought, was, I thought he had like a whole like bust or something of like J Cole. I was like, don't. Oh. I was like, don't, don't do that. Yo, but that that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah like Spider Man. Spider Man is like is Jesus to me. Um, like so, yeah. That, I think like that pretty much like sums it up. Like J Cole and Spider Man like makes up my identity. Yeah, I think that's pretty much how I know you. So that's that's perfect. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. So let's go into that. Like, so I know you're a huge J Cole fan. Um, what kind of drew you to him and his music? It's uh, it's interesting. Like, I first got into him when he dropped his second mixtape. I think that was like in 2009, 2010. The mixtape was called like the Warm Up. Mm-hmm. The reason I got into him was because one of my boys had just like started listening to him, whatever. My boy was super, super into, into like into hip hop, but I wasn't really listening to any kind of music. I was just playing video games um, and and just being a little shithead. So I wasn't really <laughs> like uh, uh, like fucking with music other than what I was hearing on radio. Then he pulled mm-hmm. up one day, he played me a couple of songs by J. Cole, and the one that stuck out to me was one called Losing My Balance which is basically about like falling in love or whatever. And around that time was when like I started to get to know like this, like this, uh, this young woman who had stolen my heart. <laughs> like for, so that was the first time that I started to have those feelings. Oh, and the song captured, like, yeah, it captured it like, like perfectly. And from that point on, I felt like anytime he dropped the project, somehow the messaging in the project aligned with what I felt I was experiencing at that point in my life. So I got to watch him grow as an artist and while I was growing as a man like myself. So that's how I really like attached myself to to his music. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like it was kind of similar to I think like with Chorsey, like following like the Ari albums and like little mixed stuff. It's kind of because we've had a lot of talks about like some of these albums that kind of like hit during very specific periods in like our lives and growing it's kind of crazy how some of our favorite artists always do that hell yeah it's nuts because because I mean, like yeah i'm sorry go ahead oh no well, especially if you are lucky enough to be able to see that artist like kind of grow up with that artist it makes you almost feel like you, you kind of have like that friend that someone that understands what you go through right that is able to kind of communicate those issues and those struggles and and being able to hear it through music, because music is truly, for me, just another form of communication. It's just like how we speak English and people use ASL. Or it's just another form of how we communicate with each other. And I think if you're able to see that kind of evolution in someone else as you're going through the same thing, when you're going through your puberty and going through your teenage years and to becoming a young adult, I that's the beauty of art. And that's the beauty of being artists is being able to tell our stories in such unique mediums. Oh, yeah, that's facts. That's one hundred percent facts. <laughs> yeah. I'm also. I don't know why it's 
taking me so long to put this together. I think because I always associated you as like, oh, the fellow lead work at the school, but you're like a pretty artsy dude with like, you know, video games and, you know, listen to music and anime and stuff. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I just, that just clicked during that conversation. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> bro, I was a nerd's guy. <laughs> I, I think it's hard too. Cause all of the time, like even when we were outside of work, we were, mm-hmm. we were living in a building yeah like provided by work so it was kind of like we were never really out of work yeah so those associate so like i get that so did you guys i i'm trying to plug in the gaps here so did y'all uh, like live in the same like was like a dormitory style like you were just like in the same dorm together or how did this work so it was like fancy apartments um it's uh there's three buildings um like in downtown like uh newark and Dakota lived in the one around the corner from where I live. So okay. whenever like we were bored or like or just wanted to kick it, we would hit each other up and be like, yo, like come through, come through, play video games, like drink four locos. <laughs> like while oh, like, you're the one to blame for this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Yeah, blame, him, blame him, blame him, blame him, blame him. <laughs> he introduced me. No, no, no. I had my first four loco in my life. Yo, that doesn't sound right and to it's me. To me. <laughs> that doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> that sounds absolutely accurate. Dakota. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, I just saw like, I got so, I was like, wait, can I just somehow pin this on Rojas? This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like he should be like a sponsor for Four Local. Is nuts. The way he talks oh, about it. Like he should be getting a bag for it. I could sell it. I yeah, hundred percent. That's facts. Um, uh, yeah, it was just like subsidized housing through um, AmeriCorps. I don't know if I want to say that. Beep. We're gonna beep that part. Um, <laughs> it's fine now. You well. Oh yeah, I don't know. He's anymore. no, no, but he does. <laughs> oh, but he's not with AmeriCorps. So. Oh, you're not. Okay. No, yeah, he's no. he's a because that's just like the government program. He's a full teacher. Oh, okay, um, cool. Then yes, you can say it. Yeah, we're gonna keep that. Psych. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so they're like kind of nice. They're nice apartments, um, like Jonathan said, but it was two bedrooms with like three to four people. Um, so it's like living in a dorm. Um, yeah, and then he was my fellow lead. So it's kind of, it was very nice that someone I worked so closely with was someone that I actually like, liked as a person and wanted to hang out with. Because when it's a bunch of people that aren't from the area move in, I mean, obviously, luckily uh, for Jonathan, he's from Patterson, which isn't too far away. It's like, what, 30, 40 minutes? Like with no traffic, it's like 20, 25. It's not that traffic. different to have to correct me. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> if you cross that half a, like half an hour threshold, yeah, yeah that's that actually is... different. I Honestly, yeah, 25 minutes feels so much shorter than 35 minutes. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Whatever. Um, uh, yeah, so we just like hang out and I'd kick his ass and like call of duty and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- 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 those are great times. Oh, definitely good. I remember, I think I remember one of the nights. Oh, is I think the night I first gave you a four loco and also Rodriguez a four loco. I found out that she was a mean drunk. Dude, is this? Yo. She's like five to. Super sweet. You could have stopped quiet. at five two. You should have known there. Very. Oh, she gave no signs. She gave no, she was like a very quiet, very nice girl. No matter. She the, was the a little mean turkey teeny winnies. They always. <laughs> they <the> spicy one. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> she was. She was just snapping at people. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> but like, I loved it. I ate it up because it was like we never saw that side of her before. And she was just never, like, I, I don't know. I felt like she always looked at the person who would just kind of, like, stay quiet. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, she all the sass that she held in just came, yeah. like, flooding out. It was amazing. It was a real look behind the curtain. And that's when I, like, realized, like, oh, I got to stop just, like, randomly giving these drinks out to people. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be more, like, <laughs> I got to be smarter about who I give before Loco, too. That's just, that's too much to handle. Um, <laughs> um Yeah. Oh, where was I? I was trying to. Oh my goodness! Looks like this is a nice thing about being edited episode is that when I have to collect my thoughts, you can just cut it out. Um, I'm trying to think. I have. This. I have questions. Go, if, yeah, go for if it. You're, okay. <laughs> um. So, t- 
would you describe yourself as an artist and like what type of art do you do exactly like are you a drawer painter graphic artist because just saying an artist is so so much of a broad term like are you performing artists or do you focus more on visuals like i'm curious what do you produce so it's wild because um i've really like that's something that i've always like struggled with um specifically when i was in uh like art school and college um because i never really considered myself an artist because what the way that i looked at it was i'm just drawing to to relax to de-stress and to like like i use it as like a coping like mechanism for whatever i was feeling in those in those moments like growing up and stuff like that so once i get to school to like train for it um ironically enough i started to lose steam in the sense that i was I, i was learning a lot of like like fundamental things when it came to like drawing i started experimenting with painting um like different like mediums like oil pastels chalk pastels charcoal like all all that stuff and i don't know i just it's real different when you're really passionate about something because you're passionate about it and then to maintain that passion because somebody else tells you you have to do it um and once i started to feel that pressure i'm just like i kind of don't want to do this anymore it's kind of like like those moments like when you're getting in trouble as a kid like oh and don't forget that you got to do your chores whatever blah, blah and you already planned on doing them and then and then you get that feeling like well I don't want to do it anymore and like yep. yeah it's, it's kind of like that so I was really like re- like resistant to it for a while and when I was in college I didn't really I'm in art school but I didn't really know like what I wanted to do with art and then seeing everybody around me be like super into what they're creating and like all of the i don't know just all of the effort and the drive that like like that they had like for their craft i'm like i don't feel that way at all so i actually ended up like transferring out of the fine art program into the general arts program okay and i'm like mm-hmm. I, I feel like i'm taking up like somebody's spot who could be creating creating and that's actually how i ended up like on the path to being an art teacher because i ended up taking up a minor um in education started taking all of these classes whatever and um in my mind I'm like I'm just doing this at this point cuz I was already 2 years in I'm like I need to graduate I don't want to start from scratch so I'm gonna just finish everything out and then I'll figure out like what I'm going to do um I did an AmeriCorps program after graduating and then I did the the other one where is where where I met like drown but that title and like to answer your question like that title is something I've been struggling with like for years I think that now that I'm an art teacher it's a, I'm a little more comfortable in calling myself an artist but even then I still don't feel like I I I don't feel like worthy of that title all the way. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it definitely, wow. definitely makes sense. That's totally fair and I think unfortunately I think your your story echoes a lot from what I hear from really any sort of art program in the country. It feels like for some reason when it comes to academics in America regarding the arts we just tend to stress out and overwork all of our young artists to the point that like you said that that drive and that passion just isn't there and I think I think we've talked about this in a previous episode Dakota I think some of it comes from how our instructors shape our ideology of what it's going to be like to be in that field this constant uh kind of rhetoric around you're going to work yourself to the bone essentially for <laughs> very little to no money. And you should only do this just because you're passionate about it. And, you know, I, the finances may or may not work and you should probably keep in mind, you should probably take up a second job while you're doing this because this is what you do while you love it. It's so, it's so exhausting. I think how American education treats the arts um, having especially hearing you talk about it it clicked in my head a couple instances where I've had professors in our department you know so I took um due to an a not so pleasant experience with my my senior year I had to do a half of a victory lap um and I had a couple professors in our department that would come up to me was like so you actually going to graduate are you going to do it and it's like how is that encouraging like we are supposed to be theater professionals and artists who are supposed to be trying to take care and support each other. Why are you making comments like this? You know, at the time I'm only 22, just trying to finish this degree so I can get out. 
and having the people who have helped mold and shape and mentor you for over four years at this point make comments like that. You know, I've had a director of one of my shows literally tell me I'll never amount to anything as an actor because I couldn't get the accent that she wanted properly. Like it's the pressures that are put in these institutions are so fucked up. And I, I'm sorry to, to hear your story because it just keeps happening more and more. It seems like with the more artists that I meet, I do encourage you to consider yourself an artist. I think regardless of talent level of any sorts, the fact is you do create art and it means something to you. And I think that's the most important thing with what we do. Um, I don't give a fuck about what other people think about <laughs> the art I produce. I don't because it's not I don't do it for others. I don't do it as a way for them to feel like, oh, I can make money off of this or, you know, I, I see myself in this. Really, my art is just telling my story in the same way it should be for you. You are telling your story in the way that you see fit. And it is totally and holistically you in a way that no one can censor. And that's what makes it beautiful. And that's why it is art because it's yours and no one can take that from you yeah i, I appreciate that that's and it like like what you said about that uh, about your victory lap i i connect to that because i definitely i had the same experience as well um so i feel that and then to hear that like to hear those things like from your professors or your men like your mentors your professors and your directors i think all that actually comes from like they're I think like the the idea of the struggling with the pained artist, a lot of older older like generations of artists like really like don't let that shit go and allow their pain and their suffering and they don't deal with it and they kind of like just project it on younger people because as you were talking about that I thought specifically to one of my art history like professors and how much of a dickhead he was and it is nuts because once he got into his bag about talking about the things that he really that you could tell he was passionate about. He, he just looked lighter. But as soon as that conversation would end, it's like all of that weight would just come right back down. And he started calling out students and like and just being an asshole. And I don't know, like just something about hearing like uh, uh, your experience that like, like, like connected that like for me personally. So I appreciate you saying all of that. Yeah. I think it kind of relates to one, based like how like the conversation we had with both of you like how lucky the three of us are to be able to go study the arts at the schools we did um, from knowing like our backgrounds and where we came from and just like to be able to study art in college, but also like how one, like you were saying, like how side like treats art and one is how expensive college is um, because you know, we all would have enjoyed our program so much more if one is more affordable. Um, so we could feel that freedom versus we're all, all three of us like, yo, I want to get out of here. Like, I think I changed my major two times. So I don't really fully commit to theater until like my junior year. I had to rush through the rest of the major because I was like, I can't do any more of this. So there was so much that like I lost um, purely because I started a different thing because I was 18 years old. I had no idea really what I wanted to do. I was like, yeah, I'll go be an engineer because they're going to make a lot of money. And then day three, I saw some kid pick his nose and eat it. And I was like, I want to get out of here so bad i can't believe i spent so much money on this um yeah that's a true story for all the listeners oh it was it was as soon as i saw it, i was like wow this is exactly what i thought it was gonna be um, but yeah i think yeah like we both were saying just the attitude some of the people in academia of they're not really wanting to be there and how a lot of your college professors aren't teachers they're just highly skilled at their craft or maybe not even highly skilled they're just teaching at a college <laughs> um yeah because <laughs> i mean you you know at, uh where we met rojas the amount of people that work there that may not necessarily be <laughs> effective teachers um but it just really it really sucks how kind of like things we're really passionate about might get like kicked out of us almost. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm not having fun doing the thing that I used to have so much fun doing. Yeah. Um, it's kind of insane that, uh, this workhorse of a, uh, nation we have just 
I think I've been talking like with Vic about this before because I watched this like crazy as like art documentary um, about like people selling like fakes and how it's a big mm-hmm. deal. Cause I was like, it made me open my eyes of like, oh yeah, this is a huge business of people just like make so much money creating art and then selling it for huge, huge amounts. Um, and like a part of me, like I can feel like my inherent bias is looking down on it of like, oh really? You're just, you run a gallery and that's how you make money as if I didn't go to school for theater to be an actor <laughs> and a writer. If somebody looked at me like, you write plays and that's how you're going to make money. Like I had that same <laughs> thought because it's not inherently like you're not serving anybody. And I came like, it opened my eyes to the biases that like our culture puts into people about art. Like everyone loves watching TV. Everyone loves listening to the radio, listening to music, but they're not going to invest that into the next generation of artists expecting they'll come from somewhere that's why some of the internships are like unpaid because it's like it just goes for the rich kids and why so many art schools are like private and stuff um so it really sucks and it sucks that three of us can relate to that there's also this unfortunate ideology i so my mom's favorite singer is mary j blige has always loved Mary. I think most Black women just connect with her music. But I remember when I was younger, my mom making the statement of like, she was able to connect with Mary's struggles and kind of problems that are portrayed in her music. And I feel like most of our society has this underlying belief of if we keep artists struggling, they'll continue to produce quality product. Because it is the struggle that makes it quality, which is so fucked up. (laughs) We're like two steps away from slavery with this ideology, right? As long as we keep people upset and working minimum wage jobs and always struggling and never having health insurance, then they can create the music that we want to hear. And that is so, so wrong (laughs) on so many levels. That we specifically just expect people just to produce and constantly give back to, to the world, their art and their creativity, and just constantly give this over and over and over again and give them scraps in return because we know we'll continue to get better content because of it. It's so fucked. No, yeah, that shit is nuts. Like with like, like that made me think about like the artists, like like there's certain like like singers and, and artists that'll be happy and in a relationship. And they'll be in the consistent, like stable, like relationship for a minute, and then they break up. And the first thing that people think about is like, "Oh, that next album is gonna slap! Like that next album is gonna go crazy!" Like the same things. Like Adele obviously is always gonna have a great, mm-hmm. like is always gonna make money. She's always gonna make money. But when they found out that when when the masses like found out like that she was divorced <laughs> and she's putting out her album, everybody was like, "Oh, I can't wait to go through this breakup with her." It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. And you're right. That's it's a it's a wild like mindset to have. It's almost like we forget that these are actual. Yeah, they're celebrities and they're stars, but they're they're actual people. Yeah, yeah. Because I was definitely part of that Adele hype too. The same thing with like <laughs> Kanye when they started gonna get uh he's gonna get divorced with Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, this album's gonna be amazing. Um, see for me it was Big Sean and Ariana Grande I was like when they <laughs> separated I want to hear both of them I knew the music was going to be great on both sides uh, but that I mean he good. literally released the song about her pussy at one point like <laughs> I gotta know <laughs> <laughs> I gotta know <laughs> uh, but yeah that like the emotional investment we expect of people and like you said uh, Rojas, we just kind of forget that they're real people. Um, reminds me of the theater classes when, you know, oh, we need you to dive into these deep emotional, like, traumas at uh, nine in the morning. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, just continue to drop the N-word, like, at 8 a.m. I'm emotionally and mentally prepared for this. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Art schools are wild. We laugh to keep from crying. It's fine. I'm also realizing so much of season two choice has been like an anthem for workers rights because <laughs> i mean well, to be fair that's what's happening in the world right now yeah. i think that's our art tends to reflect i mean you saw my tiktok and me going yeah. off on bitches but like our art reflects the politics of what's happening in the world and i think a lot of the conversations that we're seeing on a day-to-day basis in a general mainstream media is about 
treating workers well because like if you don't have workers you really don't have a functioning society especially with our capitalist society really the issue is capitalism mm-hmm. what this all boils down to is because we live in a capitalist society <laughs> um, but truly like especially because Again, we want to produce great content, but I think a lot of the struggles of why artists are so fearful about the art they produce is because they can't financially survive off of it. Or that we're always told that only less than 1%, like your odds of making it, you know, as a professional singer is about the same as making it to the NFL, right? So, like, I think it's that ideology and that struggle of, like, I can't financially survive off of this strong skill set that I have. There's so much competition. What else can I do? Mm-hmm. So then it goes from focusing on my passions to focusing on survival, because that's what we're going to do as human beings. That fight or flight is going to kick in and we have to do what it takes to make it. For some of us, that means taking some illegal measures, because really illegal don't mean shit if you can't feed your kids. Illegal don't mean shit if you don't have insulin to survive. You're going to do what you need to do to make sure you can make it another day in the world. Mm-hmm. Destroy yeah. capitalism. And it's, it is tough because how interconnected our world is now because of internet and social media so we can see like people americans will complain on twitter and some swedish dude will be like yo i got like basic income and go to college for free y'all be easy though and of course <laughs> americans are gonna freak out about it so we're like yo the swedes the Finns are out here embarrassing us and then the gop is like oh there's nothing you can do you deserve eight dollars an hour i think that's the benefit of direct deposit because you imagine like these like rough and tough blue or yeah, blue collar folks that vote red that promote, uh, you know, minimum wage being as low as it is. Then they go out and do like 10 hours of like lawn care and someone hands them $8. They'd rip them apart. That's why direct deposit was made. That's my, that's my big brain thought for today. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that makes sense. Wow. I think we all got a little sad here. So I'm going to move on to a different topic. <laughs> um, I also know you are kind of related to art still. I know you're a huge anime head. Oh, here goes Troy C. I don't, I shouldn't make him laugh before he sprays all over the screen. <laughs> if you're on our Patreon, you got to see Troy do his classic pour pitcher of Fuck water you. directly into his mouth. Um, if you're not, then it's like pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine it um but yeah man i know you're a huge anime head talk to us about the how do you kind of it is related to you you know being an artist but i know you've talked about and before being a little salty that anime is cool now because you like oh. as you said like you had the uh you know these art like the struggling artists and they just hold on to it um but you're kind of in that way too of a little gatekeeping oh. anime <laughs> oh of course i'm 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 a salty bitch. <laughs> I'm petty as fuck. <laughs> All right. So, so basically, like, for me, it's just a... All right. So, growing up, I didn't have many friends for a variety of reasons. Um, I'm first generation, so my parents are immigrants. My father's Venezuelan. My mother is from Peru. Um, and they have their own set of trauma and experiences that they kind of, like, piggybacked over um, from their home, from their motherlands, from their homelands, wherever. So when they have me, they raise me um, in this bubble um, so that I don't go through the things that, like, that they do. Um, so that makes me a little like socially awkward because now I don't know how to talk to people. Drown, you've seen me in action. Um, I really, I, I, bec- I feel like it, uh, the only time where I'm like at ease with socializing is when I'm lit um in some way like shape or form like then i'm like fuck it i don't care how anybody's gonna perceive me because i am me and that's it it's also helpful uh, that you're six foot enhanced with a beard and nice hair so let's not <laughs> yeah but i wasn't always like i wasn't always that's true. pretty <laughs> it wasn't always me this is fairly recent this is fairly <clears throat> excuse me so um so so what ends up happening is that I don't have a beard. I'm a kid with no beard, with no hair, but with some thick ass eyebrows. My eyebrows, if, if, um, like my eyebrows have always been this thick, but my head wasn't always this big. So just imagine these thick ass eyebrows on a much smaller head. 
Um, and I stuttered. Um, and it was much, much worse when I was a kid. So I used to get picked on for everything, man. I used to get picked on for, for not really having friends, for my eyebrows, for my stutter, and for being so into anime. Um, so I hope, oh, like the anime and the superhero shit. So I told you guys earlier that I'm really into like super, like Spider-Man. I was going to say Superman. My bad. Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm so, like, he's my, he's my, like fake hero, my fake real hero. Um, and so now being older um, and seeing all of these things like sen- like sensationalized, like it's cool now to do these things, to be into this shit. And at first it's dope because on one hand, now girls are starting like, like want to go watch Avengers and this and that. And, and they'll hit me up, like the ones who know me, they'll hit me up and be like, yo, let's go watch it. Cause they you know I'll be able to answer any questions. Cause I know there's material when it comes <laughs> to anime, same shit um but then i'll see like the people who used to pick on me when i was kids like when we were kids on social media like talking about oh yeah this character does this and this character that and motherfucker you just read that shit on wikipedia you don't know like you don't know this. (laughs) so like when i see that shit like that shit gets me i've gotten better at it now like now i've let it go um I'm not, I'm doing my best to let it go because it's not a it's not about shit that happened like 20 years ago. It's about the fact that now these characters and this, these genres are getting the recognition like they like that they deserve. Because especially like with anime and manga, like the shit is deep. It's mm-hmm. a lot of like adult content, um, the, well, adult like level content um, in terms of like maturity and and like like the messages like that they're trying to send. Like one of the mm-hmm. most popular animes like right now, well. Um, with meaning has been like like Naruto, mm. and it's really. I feel like somebody should do like a master class on, on just the story alone, like the progression and the character, like development of this orphaned child who the village hates and outcasts, and he still swears to do to become the strongest person in the world to be able to protect them. Like I feel like so much. A lot of the evil in the world mm-hmm. can uh can not be explained but like can be like unpacked through the lens of naruto um i, f- I yeah. feel like they talk a, they there's a lot of like like subtleties and like the evils in that show but yeah i love anime man <laughs> yeah and also like kind of like you're saying not only you know avengers and superheroes but anime with the kids is huge and like kind of and now like from what i saw like when i was teaching as well but like now the nerds are the cool kids it's yeah like they're up there with like the jocks of like you gotta be really athletic or really smart and it's they got a chokehold in the middle school or or really into anime (laughs) (laughs) and it's crazy because they'll pick on the other kids like you don't know this you don't know that and i'm like i wish that was me Man, that's so interesting. I, my exposure and experience with anime is limited. I guess the best way to put it. So I did not even explore any anime until college. Hmm. Had never really, I guess I'd heard the term, but didn't process that it was an accessible medium for me. Like just never, just never really thought about it. Um, I know there's also there's debates about what is considered adult animation versus anime, right? Which I think it's like two different things. So like I'm not talking about Family Guy or American Dad, but like what my first experience with it was a, a manga called Dongon Rampa. Um, it's this weird murder high school <laughs> with this talking bear. Um, <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a game. Like that, that's the type that I tend to be interested in. I, I want to see games for some reason. If you're gonna die, I want to see you like lose this spectacular puzzle game and then die. Don't know why. Probably need to see a therapist, <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Um and then I one of my previous partners, he exposed me to Naruto. We we legit would set up dates and just hours upon hours of naruto and i never got to is it boruto is like the third yeah so i never got to boruto i'm still <laughs> i'm telling you what the episode that stopped me at one point it's it's one of the ones that's considered a filler but it's naruto dancing with these goddamn frogs and i 
I can't, I can't do it. I just, <laughs> I've, I've tried. I have tried. I just, I can't get over these frogs. Just, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Just how to put it. Just see this man. Well, young teenager, I guess. Whatever. Dancing with these fucking frogs. It just. <sighs> <laughs> and I've been stuck there for what we dated in 2018, so three years. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hard to understand it. chores. I mean, <laughs> you know, like you talking about the frogs represent the evils in society, you know, <laughs> and how now just dancing with his future kind of thing. You know, it's 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 pretty highbrow. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just want to see them fight. I want to see them kick the shit out of each other. I don't want to. See- <laughs> nah, I, I, I feel you. That that's one of like the biggest like complaints with uh with a lot of anime, and the reason like that is is because I so like the man so the manga is like the comic books right is the Asian like comic books that all of this shit is based off of, mm-hmm. um so the anime can only come out, um or they can only like move the story along in the anime, if they have the source material so they have to wait for the manga to come out. There are certain mangas that are on different schedules so there are some that come out every week, um there are some that come out like once a month, there are some that come out like once every three months. Um, so to fill in that gap, they, they, they create those filler episodes that really have nothing to do with the story. <laughs> they really don't tell you shit. And they, and a lot of the time they do some dumb shit, like having a dance off with, <laughs> with a bunch of frogs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's apparently one of the biggest like complaints with, uh, like with Boruto with like, with, with, with that anime. Cause that's, okay. is Naruto, it's Naruto Sh- Shippuden. Shippuden, yeah. So, yeah and boruto is one of those mangas that come out like once a month and okay. these, these intelligent people over in japan thought it would be a good idea to start the anime at the same time that the manga is coming out mm. um so I, I i haven't watched the anime all i do is read the manga i caught up on the manga i stopped reading for like two years like, like, since it came out, once I realized it was once a month, I'm like, I'm just going to wait and then read everything out and binge it. I just recently like, caught up, like, last week. I caught up in, like, three or four days. There's, like, 63 wow. chapters out right now. The first two chapters, it took them, like, six or seven months in the anime to get through. Like, literally, like, 80, like, 90 episodes to get through the first two chapters. Wow. Because they're they're drawing it out to give themselves that space so that they get more source material and all of that shit which is a good like the one of the perks of watching anime is that you get to see the fights like lot like you like you get to see the detail the flair all of these special moves and beams and all of that crap um but in order to get there, like, you, like like you gotta go through a bunch of dancing frogs <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I can. I should go back. I should go back and finish the series. I it's something I want to do. I just I'm only on season two, so I get it. You're on season two. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to talk about that. I don't talk about it. Yeah, we were Bro. watching it. What happened? Well, well, like for the both for, for 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 like the benefit of you both, there's like lists online which tell you which episodes are canon and which ones are filler. Mm-hmm. And because like filler like doesn't really like you don't need it, you can literally just skip those and you won't be missing out on it. I feel so conflicted. My ex said the same thing while we were dating because he sent me the link and was like, "So skip this." And so we got to the frog episode while we were still dating, and he was like, "Just skip it." I'm like, "I don't want to do that. I want to see the full." <laughs> it's my first time ever seeing the series. I want yeah. the full experience. So I was watching it when like every week this episode was being released. So I'm trying to force myself to. Like, do it justice. I want to do the anime justice. But you got fucking dancing frogs on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm at an impasse with it. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, like the last three or four seasons of Naruto are filler. (laughs) The last three or four seasons of Naruto are filler. There's literally a point where like there's one last fight and nothing after that fight is relevant or matters or even counts. (laughs) And then they did like seasons on top of seasons on top of seasons. So I feel you. <laughs> I, I feel you. <laughs> but that's going to be intense. <laughs> Golly. I think that's 
one reason why I stopped at season two was because it was before I got I was moving. Mm-hmm. I started watching it. I might lie, but I feel like I started watching in April. George, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Keep talking. I, I hit a button. <laughs> you hit a button. I think I started watching it in April and I started to move. So I stopped and I like watching it uh subbed versus dubbed. Yeah. And then I was like packing and I'm like just listening for 20 minutes. I'm like, oh wait, I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> and I gotta go back. Um, and then because it's such a long show, like I even though I know I can just chip away at it, it's hard for me to commit to something with like so many episodes. Mm. Just come so lazy. Like it took me so long to watch The Office after multiple, multiple people begging me to watch it. Um, and then realized they had some like shitty seasons too. Um, so like, what if I watch all this and I hate it, but like some episodes are good and kind of strings me along like a toxic partner, (laughs) you know, that's a good, I'm not wrong though. (laughs) Like, I I love how you validated yourself. (laughs) I am my target audience. Like, he's like, I'm not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I went to therapy just to hear myself talk. And then I was like, why am I paying you for this? (laughs) so i know i gotta get back into it because i watched a bunch of hunter hunter and i really like that i think that was the first anime i watched all of besides original pokemon i really like it the chimera ant episode oh god uh, pokemon so long like i really like the first season that was like because all that character done was amazing and the chimera ant like arc i was like yo this is taking forever or when one Oh, this is my one thing with anime. It's like when one fight takes like three or four episodes. Mm. <laughs> and it's, that, that it's like dialogue for so long. They move, they, yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. they just take out of it. My dad has a story of him. I guess he late night caught Dragon Ball Z. And I don't know much about it. So I'm fucking up everything I'm about to say. But whatever character with the yellow hat is going super Saiyan Saiyan. <laughs> Saiyan. <laughs> say that one more time. <laughs> and so I guess whenever he does his thing and he starts like getting all like lit on fire and shit, whatever. I guess like he started the fight. He started charging up and then it went to commercial. They came back. He was still screaming. They cut to someone else. They went to commercial. They came back. He's still screaming. He's like, he spent the entire episode screaming. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> like, I don't know, Dad. I don't watch it. I, I was a, I was Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh. It's probably the closest thing, which is not really close to it at all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, never gotten to Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I still haven't seen Hunter 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 either because I went like Code Geass. Mm. it's weird i tend to be more like superhero type of anime so like have you watched my hero yes i haven't finished oh, it I, oh, okay, okay. so see the unfortunate thing so my a lot of my exposure to anime was with my ex so mm. when we separated a lot of my way to protect myself mentally was i just kind of disassociated with any sort of anime um it's like I refused to even play Pokemon for like a year. Like I deleted Pokemon Go and all of that because most of that experience was through him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like my hero, I am very far behind. Uh, I'll say the only one that I've actually completed because I still have. Do you have like a the my anime list? Do you know what that is? My anime is that a website? Yeah, it's a website where you can track like all of your the anime that you've watched and you can like see and share with other people like comments or different anime shows and series and all that and they had like the great like chat box on the bottom that was called uh the chitango like chat box sure let's go with that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think that that's the website like that i used to use in high school okay so he exposed me to that and like i looked through his list it's like jesus fucking christ i'm really dating a nerd like you really annoyed. i didn't like i knew <laughs> I knew, but I know no. <laughs> so I looked at this list and then like cause there was this one, this is one show that we watched. It was truly about this devil that just went around killing people all the goddamn time. Like I can't I didn't realize anime can be this gory. Like I didn't realize the 
the different variety of anime. I truly assume because of my interest, it was just mostly superhero type of stuff. Nah, he wanted to see some gore shit. He wanted like borderline pornographic shit, which is a little weird towards the end of the relationship. Anyway, um, but yeah, like most of my experience was Kokias. One that Dakota, I think we've watched a little bit of this together. Kakiguri. Yeah. Kakiguri. Kakiguri. Yeah. It's like the gambling one. Have you seen that? Yeah. Again, another high school one, uh, but it's gambling high school students. So their like social hierarchy isn't based off of like being an athlete or like being a nerd or anything like that. It's purely your gambling abilities. Um, and so like if you lose too much money in the school, you become like a house pet and legit like the uh, the upperclassmen will like put a tag around your neck and you're just a house pet. And you got to do whatever the fuck they tell you to. Um, that's nice. And everyone cheats at the school. It, it's it's a very it's a Netflix uh, anime. Very interesting. S- not for kids. I will say that. I mean, you shouldn't listen to the show anyway. But like, don't don't bring like your young nieces and nephews and be like, oh, let's watch this. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for that. Yo, like real talk. Like anime is really like. They sexualize a lot. They overly sexualize, and they uh, and there's a lot of violence. Like I noticed, I noticed um, with I think with Dragon Ball and Naruto specifically, there's a lot that they cut out. Um, like by the time that it makes it to like the U.S. and they start playing mm-hmm. it on Cartoon Network or or even like sometimes on Adult Swim, there's a lot that they don't show. Like I know they came out with like a remastered version of Dragon Ball called Dragon Ball Z Kai. It was just like a reboot, like basically. And they took out all the blood, like they made the blood like uh, like instead of red, but it was black. If they cut off a limb, you they zoom in, <laughs> and and they won't do this like tastefully. They'll take the original frame and just zoom in on the frame so that the the animation is pixelated. <laughs> as long as you don't can, see, but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yo, like, for real. And um and yeah and like well. I, uh, I, John, I don't know if you know the character. Well, I, I think you know the characters, but like Master Roshi from like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm not sure how how much I know about Naruto, but there's a character named like Jiraiya. Um, mm-hmm. There's always like that per- old pervert, um, and those yeah. two are like the old perverts of those anime. But like, oh yeah, perverts like it's actually really bad. <laughs> like the way that they like show them, like there was one episode of Naruto where Naruto like turned he he could transform. Yeah. So he'll transform into the body of a woman and he'll call it like harem jutsu. Oh and the point God, of that yes. is to get the adult so horny that they'll let him pass. That's literally his plan. It's like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, and make it, you works. <laughs> it works. So it does. Does. I forgot that was a thing. That's an actual thing that I just <laughs> watched and just was like, this is acceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and kids watch this. That's the crazy part. It's like, it's like little ass kid. Cause I was a little ass kid, like watching that shit. And I was like, ha ha ha. That's so funny. <laughs> and the girls are so are obviously uncomfortable in the anime. They'll be like, "Oh my god, no stop!" And like, and I'm like, "Ah, that's funny. No, it's not funny. <laughs> it's just oh crazy." God, yeah. god man! Realizing, wow, we watched a lot of shit we shouldn't have watched. Yeah, because mm-hmm. then the guys like, "Oh, it's cartoon. It's okay." And that's the trap. Yeah, that was always the trap. As soon as like my, my parents would see the animation, like my parents were real strict with that. But whenever they would see like animation, they'll be like, "Oh no, it's like it's not that serious." Like, well, I, I think, think was- the ignorance of it is also because, like, for me growing up, if it was anything like Family Guy, American Dad, The Boondocks, that was instantly nixed because it was known because it was American content. So people were like, "Oh no, we know what's on that show. You can't watch it." But I feel yeah. like if I were as a kid, if I were to try like any of that anime. I think because there just wasn't that interest in my parents or even our community, it probably would have gone through just with no issue, which is concerning. Also, quick question. Why does changing the color of the blood make that better? I feel like I would freak out more <laughs> if it's black blood. I'm like, Yo, I thought it was to his humor. Is he poisoned? <laughs> this bitch got venom in his blood. I don't want that. <laughs> it's like they like their excuse was like, oh, like black blood is alien blood. And so as long as it's not human blood or it doesn't look like human, it's, it's real dumb. <laughs> it's, real, it's real dumb. But this same thing, there's a character in Dragon Ball named like Mr. Popo. And now that I'm older and like they realize it too, that it was a caricature of a black man. 
and they never explained if he was human or not, but like very obviously a caricature of like a, of, of a black man. And in the, in the remaster, they changed like the color of his skin. They left all the features. Like, um, like I, I, like if I remember correctly, they gave him like big ears and big red lips. Like, and his skin originally was just straight up black. I think they made his skin green or something. And then, and, and that was enough. Cause now he's an alien. He's green. He's an alien. But that shit. Yeah. Wow. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But I also guess like to give our parents the benefit of the doubt, like a lot of times finding anime, you kind of know about it. It's like not everything was on Cartoon Network or these other sites. So like, and so much, except when we were growing up, was like the cable stuff. So mm-hmm. people weren't really going all that the end of, you know, the TV package, going through every single episode that kids watch. And it's like, oh, it's Cartoon Network. It's fine. Um, so it'd be harder for, I think, parents to do the due diligence to research every single show the kids watch. Oh, yeah. Especially after working all day. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like getting back home, tired as hell. And my parents were immigrants, so they definitely, so they, so they didn't even understand the language or the words like that were being said. They were like, nah, fuck this. Until it was too obvious. <laughs> I think family, like, like you brought up like family guy. Uh, I think it was family guy, like that ruined it, like, like for me in my household. Cause then it got so controversial. They started talking about it on radio stations, on the news, mm-hmm. in their workspaces. Mm-hmm. So at that point, like it had evolved so much that they were like, Hey, do you watch this shit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I watch it with you. Like, what are you talking about? You're part of it. You're an accomplice. <laughs> I'm remembering that I think this was in high school. It was either it was definitely high school. I wrote a paper about trying to support legalization of weed and cited the American or the Family Guy episode where Brian and Stewie are fighting to legalize weed and cohawk. <laughs> And used it in my presentation and got an A, bro. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you said it properly. You're good. I holy shit, <laughs> man! Holy shit! I'm proud of that. All right, I am looking at the clock. Then this feels like this is a good natural stopping point. Me too. I was, like, I was like, damn, an hour 40. Yo. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's what happens, though, especially when we have these conversations, man. It's honestly, it's too good and it's too important for us just to be like worried about timeline and be like, I need to stop this. No, yeah. if like <laughs> let this naturally happen because these are the conversations that need to be happening in our society and that should be happening more. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I don't see a lot of it. So I'm determined to create it. So I'm thankful to to be able to have this podcast with you, Dakota, and for you, Rojas, thank you for sharing your story and and taking the time to chat with us and being vulnerable with us. I mean, to talk about some of the things we talked about today isn't exactly easy shit, you know, and I appreciate you just being willing just to have these conversations and to be up front and forward and continue to dig and continue to work on being a better person and a better man. I love it, man. I appreciate that, and I I appreciate all of y'all, like like the same thing, like both of you like being vulnerable with me, like drown, like thank you for continuing to being uh, my friend and continue to be like vulnerable with me, Chorzy, like the, like this is the first time we meet, and I, like I'm just trying to match your energy, bro. So I I appreciate you too. I know this is a great group to get together. That's one of the reasons I wanted you as uh, one of our first guests. I knew that we could talk about a whole lot, you know, from the very the very funny to the very serious. So I appreciate it. Just a uh, fighting stagnation. Moving on up. And remembering that we're still young in mid-20s. We don't have to have all the answers figured out. I love that. That too. Yeah. yeah. No kids. No marriage. No, 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 no. I figure out that shit when I'm 40. <laughs> <At this point. laughs> Big facts. <laughs> so... All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and do the outro. Uh, so everyone, thanks so much for checking out this exclusive episode of Keep It 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. If you like what you saw slash heard, don't forget the best way to support us is to go on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, give us five stars and let people know your word of mouth is the best way to let people know about the show. 
Um, if you want to support us a little further, you want to give us a little dinero, that, that green, give me that moolah, that cash. Don't forget, you can sign up on our Patreon page. That's uh, patreon.com forward slash keep it 100 underscore pop. A dollar a month, bro. We stop stuffing your face with those fucking chicken nuggets, okay? And give us your fucking money, all right? I see you. I know you put your fucking big toe in her booty hole last week. Give us your fucking money, all right? <laughs> um. <laughs> see, both of you retreat back. <laughs> That yep, that's that is the standard outro we do every week. <laughs> I love it here. Um, yep, our listeners are used to that one, word for word. <laughs> As am I. <laughs> um, for more information, updates about whatever we're doing in our show, don't forget to check out our website. Keep it. Sorry, ki100pod.com. Uh, so we're gonna have new episodes. We'll do video releases such as this one. All that fun stuff. Um, and also special announcements. Like I said, we're going to be doing our charity event. I don't know if this episode will be live by the time this happens, but we'll be doing our charity event November 12th. We'll be streaming on Twitch and YouTube, all that fun stuff um, to raise funds for a charity of our choice. So uh, check us out on there. Dakota, any other last comments, notes you need? Everything choice you said, and if you forgot the links, they're in the description. So quit being lazy and just click view artist and you'll find everything. Um, thank you all so much for listening. And please give it up again for my good friend Jonathan Rojas for being our first guest. Yes, thank you with Dakota and Choicey. And with that, cue music. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Keep It 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. We want to welcome to the Keep It 100 family our amazing executive producer, Zachary J. Bailey, and our talented audio editor, Zoxia Ragu. We would also like to thank our dear, dear friend, Isri Vijay Sundara, for all of her support on our show. Remember to keep it nasty and keep it 100.